to another episode of the Bible Podcast. Today we're going to be reading out of chapters 24 through 27 in the book of Deuteronomy. And before we begin, I wanted to start out with a quick prayer. God, you are our hiding place and our refuge in the time of distress. We turn to you now seeking comfort from the wounds of the world and the power to face all our afflictions. Be present in our struggle and help us to rest in your eternal promises. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, chapter 24. Suppose a man marries a woman but she does not please him. Having discovered something wrong with her, he writes a document of divorce, hands it to her, and sends her away from his house. When she leaves his house, she is free to marry another man. But if the second husband also turns against her, writes a document of divorce, hands it to her, and sends her away, or if he dies, the first husband may not marry her again. For she has been defiled, that would be detestable to the Lord. You must not bring guilt upon the land the Lord your God has given you as a special possession. A newly married man must not be drafted into the army or be given any other official responsibilities. He must be free to spend one year at home bringing happiness to the wife he has married. It is wrong to take a set of millstones or even just the upper millstone as security for a loan, for the owner uses it as a uses it to make a living. If anyone kidnaps a fellow Israelite, treats him as slave as a slave or sells him, the kidnapper must die. In this way you will purge the evil from among you. In all cases involving serious skin diseases, be careful to follow the instructions of the Levitical priests. Obey all the commands I have given them. Remember that Remember what the Lord your God did to Miriam as you were coming from Egypt. If you lend anything to your neighbor, do not enter his house to pick up the item he is giving as security. You must wait outside while he goes in and brings it out to you. If your neighbor is poor and gives you his cloak as security for a loan, do not keep the cloak overnight. Return the cloak to its owner by sunset so he can stay warm through the night and bless you. And the Lord your God will count you as righteous. Never take advantage of poor and destitute laborers, whether they are fellow Israelites or foreigners living in your towns. You must pay them their wages each day before sunset because you are poor and are counting on it. If you don't, they might carry out to the Lord against you, and it would be counted against you as sin. Parents must not be put to death for the sins of their children, nor children for the sins of their parents. Those deserving to die must be put to death for their own crimes. True justice must be given to foreigners living among you and to orphans, and you must never accept the widow's garment as security for the debt. Always remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God redeemed you from your slavery. That is why I have given you this command. 
when you are harvesting your crops and forget to bring in a bundle of grain from your field, don't go back to it. Leave it for the foreigners, orphans, and widows. Then the Lord your God will bless you and all that you do. When you beat the olives from your olive tree, don't go over the bows twice. Leave the remaining olives for the foreigners, orphans, and widows. When you gather the grapes in your vineyard, don't glean the vines after they are picked. Leave the remaining grapes for the foreigners, orphans, and widows. Remember that you were slaves in the land of Egypt. That is why I have given you this command. <laughs> Here in chapter 24, in uh, the first four verses, verse 1 through 4, some, some might view this regulation as proof that God supports divorce. On the contrary, God hates divorce. As we see in Malachi chapter 2, verse 16. Regulations like this were given to put controls on this unsatisfactory solution. One of the biggest problems uh, couples face today is busyness. Husbands and wives are constantly on the go, moving so fast they can hardly breathe. Hidden away in the big book of Deuteronomy is one brief verse with a stark, almost preposterous remedy for this problem. Deuteronomy 24 verse 5 says, A newly married man should be given a year of freedom from work and military service so he can devote himself solely to bringing happiness to the wife he has married. Immediately, we say, that's impossible. How would the bills get paid? Apparently, the Israelites planned ahead, saving up for the expenses to come. Wouldn't it be nice if today's newlyweds followed this scripture? Too often, brides and grooms are so harried over wedding plans and travel arrangements for far-flung family members that their special day is the cause of as much exhaustion as joy. Then, after the wedding, all too brief honeymoon is followed by a quick return to quote-unquote normal life which means both husband and wife are back to their demanding jobs. Soon, the cares and concerns of life threaten to strangle the love and affection that marriage was intended to foster. Instead of rejecting God's regulation here as impractical and crazy, let's stop to appreciate his goal. Making time to concentrate on building a love that will last, perhaps that's worth extra effort after all. Chapter 25 Suppose two people take a dispute to court and the judges declare that one is right and the other is wrong. If the person in the wrong is sentenced to be flogged, the judge must command him to lie down and be beaten in his presence. With the number of lashes appropriate to the crime, but never give more than 40 lashes. More than 40 lashes will publicly humiliate your neighbor. You must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads out the grain. 
If two brothers are living together on the same property and one of them dies without a son, his widow may not be married to anyone from outside the family. Instead, her husband's brother should marry her and have intercourse with her to fulfill the duties of a brother-in-law. The first son she bears to him will be considered the son of the dead brother so that his name will not be forgotten by Israel. But if the man refuses to marry his brother's widow, she must go to the town gate and say the elder, to the elders assembled there, My husband's brother refuses to preserve his brother's name in Israel. He refuses to fulfill the duties of a brother-in-law by marrying me. The elders of the town will then summon him and talk with him. If he still refuses and says, I don't want to marry her, the widow must walk over to him in the presence of the elders, pull his sandal from his foot and spit in his face then she must declare this is what happens to a man who refuses to provide his brother with children even afterward in israel his family will be referred to as the family of the man whose sandal was pulled off if two israelite men get into a fight and the wife of one tries to rescue her husband by grabbing the testicles of the other man you must cut off her hand show her no pity you must use accurate scales when you weigh out merchandise, and you must use full and honest measures. Yes, always use honest weights and measures, so that you may enjoy a long life in the land of the Lord your God has given you. All who cheat with dishonest weights and measures are detestable to the Lord your God. Never forget what the Amalekites did to you as you came from Egypt. They attacked you when you were exhausted and weary. And they struck down those who were strangling, straggling behind. They had no fear of God. Therefore, when the Lord your God has given you rest from all your enemies in the land he has given you as a special possession, you must destroy the Amalekites and erase their memory from under heaven. Never forget this. Chapter 26 Harvest Offerings and Teeds when you enter the land the Lord your God has given you as a special possession, you have conquered it and settled there. Put some of the first produce from each crop and harvest into a basket and bring it to the designated place of worship, the place the Lord your God chooses for his name to be honored. Go to the priest in charge at the time and say to him, With this gift I acknowledge to the Lord your God that I have entered the land he swore to our ancestors. He would give us. The priest will then take the basket from your hand and set it before the altar of the Lord your God. You must then say in the presence of the Lord your God, My ancestor Jacob was a wandering Aramean who went to live as a foreigner in Egypt. His family arrived a few in number, but in Egypt they became a large and mighty nation. When the Egyptians oppressed and humiliated us by making us their slaves, we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors. He heard our cries and saw our hardship toil and oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand and a powerful arm. With overwhelming terror and with the miraculous signs and wonders, he brought us to this place and gave us this land flowing with milk and honey. And now, O Lord, I have brought you the first portion of the harvest you have given me from the ground. Then place the produce before the Lord your God and bow to the ground and worship before him. Afterward, you may go and celebrate because all the good things the Lord your God has given to you and your household. Remember to include the Levites and the foreigners living among you in the celebration. 
Every third year, you must offer a special teeth of your crops. In this year of the special teeth, you must give your teeth to the Levites, foreigners, orphans, and widows, so that they will have enough to eat in your towns. Then you must declare in the presence of the Lord your God, I have given the sacred gift from my house, and I have given to it to the Levites, foreigners, orphans, and widows, just as you commanded me. I have not violated or forgotten any of your commands. I have not eaten any of it while in the morning. I have not handled it while I was ceremonially unclean, and I have not offered any of it to the dead. I have obeyed the Lord my God and have done everything you commanded me. Now look down from the holy dwelling place in heaven and bless your people Israel and the land you swore to your ancestors to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey, a call to obey the Lord's commands. Today the Lord your God has commanded you to obey all these decrees and regulations, so be careful to obey them wholeheartedly. You have declared today that the Lord is your God, and you have promised to walk in His ways and to obey His decrees, commands, and regulations, and to do everything He tells you, the Lord has declared today that you are his people, his own special treasure, just as he promised, and that you must obey all his commands. And if you do, he will set you high above all the other nations he has made. Then you will receive praise, honor, and renown. You will be a nation that is holy to the Lord your God, just as he promised. Chapter 27 The Altar on Mount Abal then Moses and the leaders of Israel gave his charge to the people. Obey all these commands I am giving you today. When you cross the Jordan River and enter the land the Lord has given, Lord your God has given you, set up large stones and coat them with plaster. Write this whole body of instruction on them. When you cross the river to enter the land the Lord your God has given you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. When you cross the Jordan, set up these stones at Mount Abal and coat them with plaster. As I am commanding you today, then build an altar there to the Lord your God, using natural uncut stones. You must not shape the stones with an iron tool. Build the altar the altar of uncut stones and use it to offer burnt offerings to the Lord your God. Also, sacrifice peace offerings on it and celebrate by feasting there before the Lord your God. You must clearly write all these instructions on the stones coated with plaster. Then Moses and the Levitical priests addressed all Israel as follows. O Israel, be quiet and listen. Today you have become the people of the Lord your God. So you must obey the Lord your God by keeping all these commands and decrees that I am giving you today. Curses from Mount Ebal That same day Moses also gave this charge to the people. When you cross the Jordan River, the tribes of Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin must stand on the Mount Gerizim to proclaim a blessing over the people. And the tribes of Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali must stand on Mount Abal to proclaim a curse. Then the Levites will shout to all the people of Israel, Cursed is anyone who carves or casts an idol and secretly sets it up. These idols, the work of craftsmen, are detestable to the Lord. 
Cursed is anyone who dishonors father or mother, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who steals property from a neighbor by moving a boundary marker, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who leads a blind person astray on the road, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who denies justice to foreigners, orphans, or widows, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who has sexual intercourse with one of his father's wives, for he has violated his father, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who has sexual intercourse with an animal, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who has sexual intercourse with his sister, whether she is the daughter of his father or his mother, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who has sexual intercourse with his mother-in-law, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who attacks a neighbor in secret, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who accepts a payment to kill an innocent person, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who does not affirm and obey the terms of these instructions, and all the people will reply, Amen. <clears throat> So finally here in chapter 27 and verses 15 through 26, we have to remember that ultimately sin never goes unpunished. God considers disobedience of such great importance that he never, that, uh, that he even spills out its consequences. Like a loving father, he warns us of what will happen. If we choose a sinful course of action, but even negative passages like this remind us that God only wants our best. He wants us to obey because disobedience can only bring us suffering. This should encourage us to follow God's pattern for holy living. So today in Moses' final speech, we encounter a wide variety of laws, including the only law about divorce in the Old Testament, and it's very specific. The cultural practices of the day help us see more of what this law is about, but it's still not entirely clear. Some believe this practice protects the first husband from an adulterous wife, while others believe it protects the wife from a greedy husband. Since the first husband got the bride's dowry, and she inherited her second husband's property when he died. This law prevents the first husband from exploiting her for financial gain. One way or another, this law serves as a means of protection. Other laws show us how, God's, how God is protective of all human life. He disapproves of slavery as we know it, and kidnapping is forbidden and is punished by death. We also see lots of measures to protect the poor. Return the code of a poor person if they offer it as collateral. Don't take their millstones as collateral because they need those to grind food. Pay the poor servants when they need it, which usually means the same day they do their work because they don't have any savings sort of to live on. Remember those without land, they're usually the poorest and most vulnerable. Verse 3 of chapter 25 limits punishment of a guilty man to 40 lashes. Over time, the Jews reduced it to 39 and 
case of miscounting. They built a fence around the wall to make sure they didn't accidentally give a man 41 lashes. So the law given by God sets a limit of 40 lashes, but the law as amended by the rabbis puts the limit at 39. Paul says he endured this beating of 39 lashes five times in 2 Corinthians. The law in chapter 25 verses 5 through 10 pertains to Leverite marriage. And it has a lot of moving parts to consider. Keeping the allotment of land and inheritance, protection from marrying outsiders, and aiming to provide for widows while also protecting them from marrying unwilling men who likely mistreat them. This is a lot like what happens between Boaz and Ruth in the book of Ruth, where Boaz acts as the kinsman redeemer. This is actually our second nod to Ruth and Boaz today. The first was when we read about the law to leave some of the harvest behind so the poor can go and, and reap. That's what poor Ruth was doing in wealthy Boaz's field when they met. While Leverite, Leverite marriage served that, to protect the woman and her potential offspring, the very specific law immediately after it served to protect the man and his potential offspring. Today, God also tells the Israelites to remember what happened between them and the Amalekites. This is not a forgive and forget situation. In part, because Amalek was unrepentant. If Amalek had stopped and said, You're right, Yahweh is the one true God, and we were wrong to go against his people, then things likely would have been, so, been different. But they didn't repent. They're bent on destroying Israel. Moses gives a few instructions for when they enter into the promised land, which is in the near future. He says six tribes will climb Mount Gerizim and six will climb Mount Abal. While the Levite priests declare the curses, there God will demonstrate the blessings and curses of the covenant. One of the curses foreshadows Judas Iscariot's betrayal of Jesus. It says, Curse the one who takes a bribe to shed innocent blood. Christ was innocent of all sin, and Judas betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. Verses 18 through 19 of chapter 26 say, You are a people for his treasured possession. He will set you in praise and in fame and in honor high above all nations that he has made. He calls Israel his treasured possession above all the nations he made. He treasures Israel and he, and he possesses Israel. He's put his name on them. How beautiful to be treasured, possessed, and loved infinitely by an infinitely lovable God. He's where the joy is. That concludes our reading today. And I just want to leave you all off with a daily devotional. My face is shining upon you, beaming out peace that transcends understanding. You are surrounded by a sea of problems, but you are face to face with me, your peace. As long as you focus on me, you are safe. If you gaze too long at the myriad problems around you, you will sink under the weight of your burdens. 
When you start to sink, simply call out, help me, Jesus, and I will lift you up. The closer you live to me, the safer you are. Circumstances around you are undulating, and there are treacherous looking waves in the distance. Fix your eyes on me, the one who never changes. By the time those waves reach you, they will have shrunk to proportions of my design. I am always beside you, hoping you face today's waves. The future is a phantom seeking to spook you. Laugh at the future. Stay close to me. Amen. Thank you all for tuning into this episode. I hope you all have a great day and God bless each and every one of you.